0: Welcome to the Everyday Innovator Podcast for product managers, leaders, and innovators. Your host is Chad McAllister, helping you become a product master. Listen and get ready for higher performance for the doctor is in.
1: Hi, this is Chad, and this is where product leaders, and managers become product masters, getting practical knowledge, influence, and confidence so you'll create products that customers love. And this podcast is getting a new name. I've been telling you that for a few weeks now. And it's a new name to help better reflect what we do here, which is help you become a product master. So that new name is Product Masters Now. You don't need to do anything different to keep listening, but it will show up with that new name in your podcast player, not as the Everyday Innovator, but as Product Masters Now, the name is coming in just a few weeks. Now, today's topic is about product managers becoming senior leaders because we are in a perfect role to make that happen. Your role is in the middle of the work that the organization does. It gives you insights that few executives have, which is why you should become one of them. To prepare for that, you need to adjust your mindset. Stop doing certain things and start doing other things. Our guest, Evan Roth, is an expert on this as he has coached many product executives. We first met way back in episode 102 after a product VP and one of his coaching clients introduced me to him. Today, he'll help you prepare a path to leadership roles. And remember, if you hear anything you want to go back to, we take detailed notes for you. We also create a one-page action guide for you to put into practice the insights quickly. So get that action guide and the detailed notes at theeverydayinnovator.com 324. Now to the discussion. Evan, thank you so much for joining the Everyday Innovators once again.
0: My pleasure to be here.
1: I'm glad you are with us. So you are back. This has been like four years now. Back in episode 102, and I came, I got introduced to you through someone else who I know who was also a a, on the guest on the podcast as a guest as a product VP and a a chief product officer kind of role, and learned that you do coaching to executives, including product VP CPOs. Mm And in those four years, I'm curious kind of just what has transpired in those experiences. Anything new, coaching executives and maybe particularly product VPs?
0: Yeah, thanks for asking. And thanks for having me back. And I, I love the first time around. So this is this is fun for me. Yeah, a lot really has changed in, in certainly environment as, as we can all attest to you know, with what's going on right now. The coaching modalities are also changing somewhat as well. Obviously, we've gone to virtual and kind of hybrid types of, of coaching. What I've noticed, if, if you will, literally within the last year is there's a lot more what's called spot coaching. I, I, I'll tell you a quick story. There, there was a guy who was coaching and, and we had his goals all outlined. And he said, Evan, forget about the goals. Help me manage this pandemic. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, it's those types of things that are popping up uh, quite a bit, even at the very most senior levels that uh, leaders are wanting to show up well. And they sometimes they just need to, you know, talk it through with folks.
1: Right. So so maybe a little more tactical than strategic. Like, you know, we were going down this path together. Help me with this problem right now.
0: Yes, that's exactly it. And the other thing as well, Chad, is uh, I would say the requests coming from folks, including the product folks, are to be coached more holistically so the blend between work and life is really blended mm. and so we 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 dealing with a lot of different things as we go through uh, coaching but you know that that's all good and it's all helpful to people because they want to be coached where they're at
1: yeah. I'm curious about that blend between work and life. And so the, the product managers listening, well, the, the topic, Everyday Innovators, we're going to get to is to help prepare you to be at a senior leadership role, because mm-hmm. I think many of you will be heading that way. It's our role as product managers. We get to see so much of the organization. It's a very integrated, cross-functional role, and we should be senior leaders in organizations. That's but that, what you just talked about, the blended work You know, when I was first in career, there was this lot of talk about separation of of work and rest of your life, this work balance Mm -hmm. thing. And it just never, I I never, it never sat with me, right? And people would talk about, you know, you got to leave at five, you got to have the separation. And for me, it was maybe to my detriment, I don't know. It was all just kind of related. And I hear less about that today. And I hear more about some integration between the two. Yeah, great, great comment. And
0: yes, you're hearing what I'm hearing, and and so what what it brings out. What's so interesting about it is is you know where do you draw the boundaries, mm-hmm. and and if you love your work, it's kind of hard to draw boundaries. And yet, if you're working from home, there's got to be some boundaries. So it's a really interesting mix of stuff that goes on for folks. And and my encouragement, like when I'm coaching them, is. What, what's most important to you? Let's keep the top three there. Well, I got to have sanity at home, and I got to get my job done. Okay, let's start with those two, and let's work it forward from there. So it's yeah, it's everything is just kind of mashing together, mm-hmm. if you will. What I would add to that, though, Chad, is as more at the senior level, what I'm seeing as an essential skill set, let's say for PMs and 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 execs at that level, it's adaptability, it's flexibility, it's uh, agility, it's stress tolerance, mm-hmm. it's resilience. And and very few of those can be quantified, but they are essential to the success of the role.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And we'll get into a few of those. Certainly people listening now are in senior roles. We have product VPs listening already, and some of these topics might help them. But maybe more in the sense of the people you mentor, because as I talk to product VPs, CPOs, that's almost always near or at the top of their list. Like I really care about mentoring other product managers. So we, this might help them in that way. But we're going to primarily be speaking to product managers about what can you be doing now or what can you be thinking about now? to help you prepare for a senior leadership role, right? Help you move down mm-hmm. that path. Yep. And as we were just chatting a little bit before we turn on the recording, we kind of we're framing this in terms of thinking thoughts, we might call that mindset. And I know as my own personal journey for mindset work, there's been things I have to stop <laughs> thinking about and new things I need to start thinking about. And then maybe we can also do the same thing for actions um, yeah. that they should be taking or maybe stop doing, right? Yeah. So let's tackle mindset things first. I don't know if you, which one you want to start with, you know, stop or start, but you start take it away. Start.
0: Well, and, and when I do uh, 360 reviews with my clients, we normally have a start, stop, continue, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I tell them the starts and the stops are cousins. You know, if you're going to stop doing this, you're probably going to start doing that. And so you'll, you'll hear some inversion if you will, but that you really, that the big step of preparing yourself for the future is to change your thinking patterns and your mental models. So how do I do that? Where's the textbook? What's the what's the thing that I need to be thinking about? First off, it's stretching out your thinking about the future. So Mm -hmm. thinking longer term, thinking wider in breadth. And then I I was just talking with a partner in a firm about this. And he said, I've got to get my folks to embrace the gray. And I said, You say more about it. And he says, Well, it's just they're they're looking for a finite answer. And so when you're preparing yourself for that senior role, it's embracing what is unknown. It is gray. I like the word polarity. Some people use continuums, but it's becoming comfortable with a sliding scale of everything that you're going to be dealing with at that senior level because there aren't perfect answers. Mm-hmm. The other thing I would say to start thinking about is what are your materiality thresholds? So when you grow up in, in the organization, I mean, a lot of this is precision and accuracy and you know getting the job done and, and your materiality levels are much lower. At the senior level, Things look different and, and preparing yourself for what will I not do? What are things that I used to care about that someone else now needs to do? What's my most valuable activity? So those mm. are kind of the mindset types of things to start thinking about. And then if you're going to stop thinking, it would be, well, let's let's stop living in the urgent quadrant and see if we can carve out more of the important quadrant back to the Covey terms there. Many people as they're starting out their career in PM is, you know, let's the, the product will solve a problem. And as you advance further, it's, it's more of a solution mindset, an opportunity mindset, a possibility mindset. That's a thinking change. Okay. And then back to the, the stop thinking, it's, it's stop thinking about the details and think more about themes or trends. And again, anticipating the future, some call it future-proofing, but the idea is I'm going to be looking forward much more often in that senior role and with many, many different gray elements that are out there.
1: So I see how some of those fit together pretty well, especially the last one you talked about. The For product managers, we always care about the trends because trends will make or break a product, and we want to be aware of what's going on with our customers and, and bigger trends. And that future-proofing is something an executive expected to have a handle on that, you know, we're sitting around the boardroom and we are talking about, you know, what are the big things that are going to be going on in, in our industry, our space in the next year, the next three years, right? And mm-hmm. you got prepare it. for that. You got it. And that's related to the important work instead of the urgent, right? <laughs> and when you talked about materiality thresholds, I wasn't quite sure I captured that right. Really. It, yeah, it so- sounded like the scope of work, right? The Certainly. It could be scope. It could be uh, dollars. It could
0: be impact. It could be customer value. Uh, when you're at that senior level, you're just handling bigger things. Right. And so if we never graduate our thinking from the small things, we just get overwhelmed way too much. And, and it's something that, you know, someone else needs to take care of that. I need to think more globally. I need to think about the big stuff. So my materiality, I'm going to focus on the horizon, not you know, down as far low, if you will.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I know in the last year or two and thinking about my business and helping companies build better products, I was kind of going down one path, right? And had, had my three, five-year plan sort of in place. And I started interacting with a guy I've known for a long time, CEO of a company. And just bec- from our interactions, he, his bigger thinking rubbed off on me some, right? Oh, fantastic. I, and so I was, I was thinking about, well, well, practically, how do we do some of this thing, these things, right? Yeah. How do we think bigger? How do we think longer term? I know that my interaction with him helped a little bit, right? Because he would just approach things and think big and not get caught up in like, oh, we don't know how we're going to do it yet, but let, let's just think bigger,
0: yeah. A really good question. And a couple, maybe a couple of possible answers. One would be really examining our mental models. What are our frameworks? How far out are we thinking? How contained is our thinking? How many bounds or perforations does it have? Is it unlimited? Mm-hmm. Is it limited in some ways? And I, I really appreciate what you're saying, Chad, about other people. So someone said, you know, you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. Right. I don't know if that's really true, but to your point, I had a client, he was an EVP in a company. It was a global company. And we were talking about the pandemic. And, and and he 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 looked me in the eye. In fact, he is the one, I listened to his feedback when I actually left the sabbatical and came back to the U.S. on the last plane out because of what he told me. And so his thinking patterns, his thinking models about the impact on business, about low-touch economy strongly influenced me. So I think having a mentor, having thought leaders that you admire and respect is a great way to start changing your mental models.
1: We'll keep talking with Evan in just a moment. Throughout a product process, a focus on the customer and creating value for the customers needed. That has been one of the core pillars of the Rapid Product Mastery Experience, the RPM experience. This is a nine-week journey, a virtual journey, meeting for 75 minutes a week. I take groups of product managers and leaders in organizations on this journey, building a common understanding of product management knowledge, Improving collaboration, the discussions and interactions we have are really valuable, and also renewing or building a customer focus. Many organizations have improved their product work because of the RPM experience. In a lessons learned session with a recent group, every participant said they would recommend the RPM experience to their colleagues, which is why we started a second group for them. Participants recommend it because the RPM experience not only helps them create better value for customers, it was also valuable to them going through the experience. To learn more yourself, go to slash RPM and you'll get more information there. And you can also schedule time for us to talk to see if it would fit your needs or not. Now, let's get back with our discussion and getting more insights with Evan. I want to dive in a little bit more into this mental model thing, right? Mindset. And on my personal journey, and listeners who listen all the time have heard a little bit about about this, in the last two years, maybe a little bit more now, I went down, for me at least, a pretty deep dive into mindset work and had a mindset coach and, and thinking about just what does all that mean? And in the beginning, frankly, this felt very woo-woo. You know, I'm an engineer and I, this was just weird, right? I, I did not like it, felt uncomfortable and a waste of time. And I quickly found out it was actually some of the most important work I've probably done, maybe ever, but certainly in the last few years, that there were ways of thinking I had just about really my own limitations, what I'm capable of and not capable of, that were getting in my way. Yeah. And and beliefs that come up that I may not have carefully, you know, even registered that I held these beliefs that just limited me. Yeah. Right? And working through that was exceptionally helpful. And yeah. I'm sure you run into even at the executive level, you run into mindset challenges where people are getting in their own way, right? Without a doubt, Chad. And,
0: and no, based on title, (laughs) no one's exempt from this. Our our mental models are our mental models. And so to your point, you used a term that, that I like to use in my coaching school. We, we had an acronym for it. It's called a Gale, a gremlin, an assumption, an interpretation, and a limiting belief, those four things. So I coach around that all the time. When I have a successful client, they have found a way to change their models to address those things a gremlin being you know something that assaults your self-regard it's that saboteur voice that inner critic that's telling you you can't do this and again that would be one other thing chad that i would mention to that the folks that are aspiring to these senior roles is get in touch with those voices find out what they're saying and change the dialogue internally Mm -hmm. with those it's critical to address those four things Mm
1: -hmm. yeah and I i think they're all in the way so i got gremlin assumption what was the i uh, interpretations. interpretations.
0: So an, yeah, an interpretation is, you know, I'm calling something as truth with a capital T and yeah. Chad's calling it truth with a lowercase T. So it's how we see it, how we and 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 so we're all going to do that differently. So my job as the coach is to help you see how you're seeing it, if yes. you will.
1: Yeah. I don't want to take us down a rabbit hole too too much, but, but you had mentioned that before we recorded that you've done some that you were doing some work with really kind of in the brain research space, yeah. and I think that would be helpful just to talk about what's going on in the brain. And mm-hmm. when I did my, my version of Gail work, right, it, mm-hmm. it was sitting down and just kind of being reflective. Some of this came through interactions with others and purposely talking yeah. about it. And a lot of it was just personal interaction, personal reflection too, and me writing down a list. Of what I would call limiting beliefs, Th- yeah. things that I tell myself that are not necess- that really aren't true and mm-hmm. are clearly limiting me. And then I reframed each of those into what is a positive belief, right? Yes, yes. Can you, ju- can you talk a little bit about what's going on in the brain? And the- yeah. Because my belief is the brain does not distinguish between those at all.
0: <laughs> they don't and, and, and it's the truth. So the, the body of work that I, I was uh, certified in is called conversational intelligence and it, and it is based on, on neuroscience. And, and I missed an opportunity when you asked me the, the question in the first place, Chad, which is what's evolved the most? It's probably our learning about the brain as coaches. Mm. So, so it's, it's, it's critical. Uh, there's something that's called chemical cocktails that are at play all the time for all of us. So I think it was a USC study where they said we've got 70,000 thoughts a day. So the reason why I answer the question that I did when you asked me about, you know, the mental models, a thought leads to a feeling and a feeling leads to a behavior and an action. So if I'm going to achieve a goal, I'm going to change a behavior. I've got to go back to the feelings and the thoughts. Mm. And if I don't know what those are, then it's going to be pretty tough to change the beha- behaviors. The other thing is, and, and I have an unwritten blog post. I just need to finish it, Chad. It's called going to the mental gym every day, the rest of my life. Mm. That's what it's called. And, and I'm now doing that, and it includes what you mentioned, which is self-talk. I need to change the messages. I need to do a reframe on those messages. But literally, if we do that, the brain is a pattern recognition machine. It just is. So what you put in, you get back. And it's much like if you want to create a new neural synapse, you have to practice mentally what that new thing is. So it starts off as a little, you know, a deer trail, and then it becomes a walkway and then it becomes a street and then it becomes a highway. That's literally how we change our, our brains and our minds. It delves into something called epigenetics, which DNA strands change, which ones don't. It's fascinating stuff. When clients tell me I'm not going to change, I'll say, well, that's your choice. And they'll say, no, 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 it's in my DNA. And I'll say, I disagree. (laughs) And I have scientific proof. So it's, it's really cool
1: stuff. It is really cool stuff. Right. It, it is ingrained in your neural network, but it's not in your DNA. And, and you can build. It's called neuroplasticity. Yeah, you can build new neural networks. Right? That's exactly it. That's exactly it. But I, I love the, the title of that blog post you're going to do, right? Be, I do be, need to write that. Maybe you, you do need me. to write that. <laughs> because this is daily exercise in the sense of, of how we want our brains to help us. And you said there, there are pattern recognition machines, right? So yeah. anyone, this is artificial intelligence, and, and, but not the artificial part. It's just a neural network, and it's just That's recognizing exactly patterns. It. And it's not making any moral judgment calls. It's not making any good or bad calls. It's not saying my brain doesn't go, Chad, that, that thought's not going to be good for you. No, it's going to take that thought and then try to integrate that into what it sees in the world.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? That's the overlay. And so it's always trying to make sense. And here's the other thing. With what's going on with the VUCA world, volatile, and certain, complex, ambiguous, the brain is constantly goal seeking for certainty. It wakes up wanting to be the same. Mm. And if we recognize that and acknowledge that, we say, Oh, well, I will continue to be the same unless I actively change myself. True statement. Yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah.
1: Okay. So a lot of good things on kind of the, the thinking part of this, the, the mindset. We need to think bigger, longer term, work on the important more, think about the scope of what we're tackling. But also I want to ask you about that, that mental model aspect because anywhere we are in our careers, pretty good bet that there's some things that we're doing that are limiting ourselves that we have full control over if we just mm-hmm. recognize it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Awareness is, is, is a big thing. Everything starts with awareness. When I'm working with people, to, to help them change their mental models, they have to become aware of what they are. And so a lot of times we, we're unaware – and, you know, for anyone who's done bias work, a lot of people have done really good work around biases. The only thing you can do about a bias is to become aware of mm-hmm. it. And, and so once we become aware, we can do some regulation. That's really the key thing is the awareness. In fact, I would even argue that's part of the mental model work is raising my awareness.
1: Yep. Okay. And so if anyone wants to look into emotional intelligence, that's an aspect too. Mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, that helps you be a much better leader as well. So growing in self-awareness and awareness of others.
0: For sure. In fact, there some studies are even up at a seven times. So at the VP and above level, seven times correlate to higher emotional intelligence versus
1: intellectual intelligence. That's amazing. So a big impact. Yeah. Okay. So that was a little bit on the thinking side of things to kind mm-hmm. of start, stop, continue. What about actions? Product managers, That what, what should we, we be doing or doing differently as we're trying to move towards a senior leadership role?
0: First off, and this is a little counterintuitive, start with a stop doing list. So when you advance to that next level, what will you stop doing that someone else should be doing? So many people carry forward everything that they're doing, and then they start to think they're a workhorse, and they wear a cape, and then they burn out, and they fry, and it's just not a great formula for success. Uh So what is it that someone else could be doing when I advance to that next level? Second, and I love this term, the MBA, the most valuable activities. What are the most valuable activities that I will be doing at that level? So I want to interview my seniors and and ask them, you know, where do they spend their time? How does that correlate to economic success or product success? Those types of things, and make sure you understand what those are, because you're probably going to have to add a few things again to your stop doing list to activate your MVA's for sure. Uh, a third thing I would encourage, and this this is I, I did this to a client I knew pretty well. She was running a company, and 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 she was also the CPO, so she had she was interim, mm-hmm. right? So she was uh, looking to hire. And, and she was in the payment card industry. And I said, hey, I'm going to send you an article on the dairy uh, industry in China. I want you to read it. And she's like, what that? why? And I said, because you're not thinking big enough. So the actions are begin thinking differently by reading differently, intake differently about how, what that other position may be like. And, and even go far outside of what you know, because when you're at the executive level, you're faced with stuff you don't know all the time. Mm-hmm. So your ability to, to your point, Chad, of contextualizing that, tying it to something, you know, is essential. So the more that you are exposed to doing that for yourself, you can prep it now. Why wouldn't you do that for yourself, you know, at that upper level? Because you will be. Okay. So it's kind of seeking out what you don't know.
1: And you may already have a blog post on this. And if not, maybe you can write one for us. So when it comes to <laughs> good. Uh, thinking differently and reading differently helps that, do you have a reading list of, you know, th- these might just be good books oh, man. for leaders to help them expand their thinking?
0: Yeah, good, good question. I So my thinking has evolved on this, Chad, oh. and, and my guess is yours has as well. At, at some point, we we just have more experience. I really believe that all great leadership starts with self-leadership. So my ask of people to get on their reading list is read up on how you can become better, how you can self-actualize, how you can become aware of blind spots. Mm-hmm. There's a great book called Leadership and Self-Deception. We're deceiving ourselves all the time. And if, we be, if we're aware of that, you know, it really helps. Read up on emotional intelligence. Read up on, on those things, change methodologies. I think that's essential for the future because everything is moving and changing at an incredibly rapid rate, and you have to discern and decide what you're gonna focus on and what the change initiatives are related to your product set
1: good insights on that. You had start, you had mentioned in the beginning about uh, the coaching when I asked that question, doing a 360 review. sixty review—that that, That's how you start. That's how a lot of coaches start at the executive level. I don't know if I've talked, I've done, I've been through one and I haven't talked to anyone who really enjoyed this experience. It's a bit like any of colonoscopy, but You're still alive. That you get yeah. to sleep through, you know, and this you don't yeah. really And what this typically looks like is, and I'll let you describe it since you do these. What, what does the 360 look like?
0: Affectionately call it the human pincushion experiment. So what it is is, is you're going to get feedback from above you, beside you, and below you in the organizational structure. For those that are PMs in, in you know, smaller organizations, sometimes you're getting customer input as an additional mm-hmm. input, but really you're doing a start, stop, continue from everyone's view. So it really helps to have, there's two buckets. You can do a quantitative, which is like a survey type thing. What I do is qualitative where I do interviews. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk to Chad for 15 minutes about so-and-so. Right. And everybody knows that and they get their, their disclosure. And I say, our, confid- our conversation chat is gonna be confidential. But what I do is I bucket that stuff into, again, a start, stop, continue, and then themes. It sounds like they need to work on X, Y, or Z. You know, start your meetings on time. Stop talking over people. Some is behavioral, some is leadership, some is conflict, some is collaboration. So you get a rich set of feedback that can identify, this is where the pin cushion comes in, blind spots where the coach presents it to you and you go, it's not true. (laughs) And why say, well, according to 13 out of 15 people, it is. What should we do about that, Chad? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's why I asked about it, because as we're growing in our breadth of responsibilities and towards those senior roles, we have blind spots. And I know when I did my 360 review, there were some things I thought I was pretty good at. And it turned out I wasn't really particularly good at those things, right? uh, My my perception was different than others and different than reality, consequently, right?
0: Yeah. And to that point, if I can uh, jump in with that, there's a delta that we want to pay attention to. So my view versus their view, the bigger that gap, the better the coaching
1: opportunity. Yeah, because there, there's a self-awareness issue and other awareness issue there. So that's it. And along the way with that, then when it comes to activities to maybe start doing, I'd love to get your insights on this. I, I always found it very helpful to seek out feedback and mm-hmm. a lot of people don't because they don't want to hear what someone might hear, but Part of my yeah, normal yeah. cadence, anytime I was working with a group and maybe we had a customer meeting, right? Or we went and did mm-hmm. on-site customer interviews. Afterwards, the, the key question was always, okay, what did I do that was good and what can I improve next time, right? And, and try to yeah. get feedback from others and let's do that with each other.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I'm 100% with you. It is one of the best things you can do. And what I would ask, let's say, the, the folks that are aspiring for the, that senior role, mm-hmm. start it now. Begin asking people. People, the the hesitancy to do that is they feel like they might be exposed. There's a saboteur voice saying you're going to find out you aren't as good as you think you are. You know, whatever it might be. But the beauty of it, if you can bundle it and say, "Hey, give me two things, Chad, that I did really well," and and we can't leave this conversation until you tell me two things I could do better. And I do a proverbial, I reach into a a shirt pocket and I give you my get out of jail free card, and I say, "Chad, I'm not going to take this personally." So you tell me, pretend you're my athletic coach, how do I get better? And I'm asking you for that. And mm-hmm. so if you can develop that habit at earlier stage in career, it is going to serve you so well at the
1: senior level. So a good practical tool we can start doing now to get better feedback. Absolutely. Yeah. And and go ahead. I was going to say the, the the issue that you brought up about, you know, some people feel exposed, kind of maybe overly vulnerable. I have found with senior leaders the times that they do that, either ask for feedback. I admire that, and also when they say, "Yeah, I don't know," right? it's just like, yeah. yeah, yeah, I don't know how. What would you? Yeah. What are your ideas? It Increased and in, actually improved trust and just built the relationship better.
0: No doubt about it. Pat Lanchoni does such great work around you know building his five dysfunctions of the team, and and trust and vulnerability are the inverse correlates at the mm-hmm. bottom of the triangle we must start with trust in order to get trust, I need to tell you some things that, that allow you to connect with me. And that actually gets into the neuroscience discussion. There are literally mirror neurons that we have that point towards one another when trust is there. So when there's a burst of oxytocin, we, we, we actually can communicate with one another better because there's trust that's typically garnered through vulnerability. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. Yeah,
1: it is fascinating. I guess that's why it's a characteristic of high-performing teams, and they seem to communicate so much better better and simply because there's that high trust there.
0: That's it. It's the the baseline for sure.
1: Okay. So we got through a lot of good insights in the area of thinking, you know, kind of bigger picture, longer term, think about your mental models, maybe some things you're telling yourself that you need to stop and new things using that Gale tool you gave us. And then things that we can, actions to start taking and maybe to stop taking. Also, those things that we should be focusing on, you gave us the MVA, the most valuable most value activities mm-hmm. to focus on, mm-hmm. and maybe uh, spend some time thinking about how to get feedback and become a little bit more aware Got of what out. others say too. Okay. Excellent yeah. information. Really appreciate you taking us through that, Evan. As listeners know, I love a good innovation quote. I asked you for one. Uh, what do you have for us? And tell us what that one means to you.
0: Yeah. So I, I do love quotes. So this, is, this was a really fun thing for me. Like, ooh, which one would I choose? I chose one from Winston Churchill, and it's this. Success is not final... Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. Mm. The reason why this resonates so well with me, Chad, is I find a lot of the the execs, and frankly, those aspiring to be execs, abnormally preoccupied with success and failure.
1: Mm.
0: And 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 so a lot of our coaching goes around. Well, how do you define success? What is what does that mean for you? And 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 a lot of people really struggle recovering from failures. And and I'm sure with your audience. You know, there's innovation, there's experimentation, there's all this kind of stuff that goes on, but we need to destigmatize those. It's simply plotting forward as quickly as we can go. Yep. James Clear, in his book, uh, Atomic Habits, mm-hmm. he talks about becoming 1% better a day. Right. I really like that concept because 10 seems like a stretch to me. One, well, I should be able to do that, but we get hyper focused. And, and the reason why I use hyper, Shirzad Shamin, another book reference, in his book, Positive Intelligence, talks about saboteurs, where when we go into hyper mode, we've reached the, the modality of the effort expended is not worth the, the resulting output. Mm-hmm. So achiever is great. hyperachiever not so great. And what I would say with this quote is, let's not get too preoccupied about success and failure. Let's just drive forward yep. incrementally. And that's the way it works.
1: Yep. Keep making progress. The, one of my f- favorite pro- Japanese proverbs is fall down seven times, get up eight. And it's just this idea of keep I getting up, right? May I borrow that? <laughs> Absolutely. That. Although my daughter pointed out to me and said, well, if you fall down seven times, would't you get up seven times? But, but I think, that, I think <laughs> she loves math, but I think the notion yeah. here is uh, that we keep getting up. So
0: That's it. You got it.
1: Okay, so Evan, you help a lot of people involved in senior leadership roles. You help them be more productive through the executive coaching you do, including how we first met, product VPs and CPOs. Mm-hmm. How can people find out more about the work that you are involved in?
0: Yeah, well, I, and I'd love to share that. And first of all, I want to say a thank you to, to you for having me back because the last time we talked, people found me. So thank Excellent. you for that. <laughs> and and I, you know, if you're interested in, in chatting more, you can look me up at coachevanroth.com. And then also feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. I mean, we may know someone in common and it's, it's fun to expand the network of, of people who are committed to their own leadership development. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, the, the beauty of doing this work with you is I get inspired by other people's conversations and I'm hoping that someone might be inspired to work on themselves as a result of the dialogue that we've had. Potential is everything. That's, I left a corporate career just to do this work. So, so if I can help someone reach their potential, it's good stuff.
1: Excellent. Evan, thank you so much for spending time with us. It's my pleasure. Thanks, Ted. Thanks for listening to The Everyday Innovator. This is where product leaders and managers become product masters, which is why the name of this podcast is changing to Product Masters Now. Find all the detailed notes of everything we discussed with Evan at theeverydayinnovator.com slash 324. Keep innovating.
0: Thank you for listening to The Everyday Innovator, which teaches product managers to become product masters. For more resources, please visit TheEverydayInnovator.com.